0: And welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM.
1: G'day, my name's Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie Pastor coming to you today from a dry, I'm not going to say hot because it's pretty cold. <laughs> it's pretty cold. <laughs> pretty cold Sydney. And that voice in the
2: background, that's Andrew Hunt. He's G'day a, listeners. He's our... Techie. So good to be with you this afternoon, and yes, we're not underwater, yay. Hey, how many
1: stations on board with us today, Hunter? He's got this little little machine that
2: Yeah, it allows me to look around the whole of Australia and see how many of our Faith FM stations are online with us, and we've got 95 at the moment. You reckon that might be a record for us? That's a record for our program. <laughs> All over this beautiful country? That's it. Great, big, big welcome to our
1: listeners in Sydney. They're still brand new. I count them as new anyway, Hundy. That's right. We love it. And we're still inviting you. We're going to do this every week to church any Sabbath that you want to. You, and that's a Saturday for those of you who don't know. You are because we're Seventh day Adventists, just letting you know that. Yep. Uh, Any time you want to come to church on a Saturday
2: morning, 10 a.m. New Hope. Hunty, where are we? Hey, we're in the Life Anglican Church building behind the Aldi in Quakers Hill for Samuel Place, Quakers Hill. <laughs> I love that, behind the Aldi. Mate, the Aldi's a monument. It's a <laughs> it, it it's is. a well-known icon in the area. And if you can find the Aldi, so I'm sure you can, you can find us. Well, it's where I buy some of my food. Right.
1: Hey, you want to know what happened on this day Yes, please. in history? I'm gonna call this segment I just made this up yep, right then. Yep. This day in history. That's original. You like that? I do. Eighteen forty eight. The women's the women's suffrage movement started. You know what that is all about, Hunty? I I used to. The women's suffrage movement. If you don't know what this is, you're in big trouble. No, I know what it is, I've just forgotten. It's very important. Is, it, vote, is it, it voting? Yeah, <laughs> hunting. Seriously, <laughs> listeners,
2: I never told him that. Very. <laughs> no, um, I've known about oh, that. I'm older, looking, forgetting. Oh, things. I thought I
1: was going to trap you on that one. Woo-hoo. Hey, quickly, nineteen hundred and three. Yep. French bikeless, Morris Garin won the first Tour de France, and I've been Did up. you say
2: cyclist or bike Cyclist. Cyclist, okay. And I've
1: been up watching the Tour de France. Yep. I love it. Yes. I want to go there one day, hunty, with you, with our cameras, and do some programs around the Tour de France. That'd be fun. Especially up in the beautiful Alps of yep. France. Yep. Oh, that would be fantastic. 1925. Listen to this one. This is 1925. The trial of a high school teacher, John T. Scopes, ended with... His conviction in Tennessee, you know what he's in trouble for? What's that? He taught Charles Darwin's theory of evolution.
2: <laughs> and he got in trouble for it. He got into big trouble. Hey, you know what? The, the, um, it was a violation against the law. The, the anti-creations have got to have a problem thanks to that new telescope that just appeared. Why do you think that is? Well, because the telescope now looks back 13 and a half plus billion years and they didn't they didn't find a big bang. They well, found no. perfectly formed galaxies. Well, it's not... Not in the direction that telescope was pointed. <laughs> anyway, um, 1944,
1: during World War II, German military leaders on this day attempted, I know well this story, to assassinate Adolf Hitler wow. and end the war, war early, but they failed. A number of them got murdered by Hitler for their attempts there. 1964? It's a good year. Your year? Yeah, I was born in '64. So was Sandra Bullock. Today's her birthday. Oh, wow. Hmm. 1969, on this day, the Eagle Lunar landing module, I never knew this, carrying astronauts Neil Armstrong and Edwin Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon, and several hours later, Armstrong became the first person to set foot on its surface. Do you know you what he said?
2: It. Yes. One? One small step for me, man. Yeah, for for uh, me. Yeah. yeah, one giant yeah. Leap, leap forward for mankind. It's something like something that. Something like that. You're yeah. on fire today, man.
1: <laughs> Our 1980 Summer Olympics opened in Moscow in 1980 on this day. But you remember about 60 countries boycotted those Olympics. This is a sad one. In 2000, the Concorde supersonic aeroplane air France flight 4550 crashed outside Paris, killing all 109 people on board and four others on the ground. And the event was believed to hasten the end of the Concorde.
2: And I thought that was... Hey, did you ever fly mm, the Concorde? No, I went on it once but never flew it. So you actually... Walked all the way up and down it. Very claustrophobic, I hear. Tiny. Tiny than a little two-seater Cessna almost. Kind of. Everybody's in first class but they're sitting in these tiny little... Oh, I was surprised how small it was.
1: You know, I wouldn't like that. Mm. Apparently there are concords somewhere in the world where
2: you can still go up and it's like a museum. There's a company now that's just finished, almost finished building their new supersonic... Passenger flight I hope there's a bit more
1: room inside it. In
3: 2011,
1: last one, the US Space Shuttle program ended. After 135 missions, the Atlantis landed and that was the end of the space shuttle. Do you know how many space shuttles crashed? Do you remember?
2: Um, I was in Orlando, Florida when one of them blew up on the launch pad. You
1: were, with my cousin. Yes. He was there too. Yes. You, you were coming back from an outreach program in, over in Jamaica, in I, Jamaica I think, Jamaica somewhere. Yeah, 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 with, yeah. with with the world-famous John Carter. Yes. Yeah, and it crashed. Well, you guys, very horrifying. I think two went down that I can remember. Okay, There was that one and then another one coming in on re-entry to the earth. It also crashed. Now, I could be wrong on that, but that's my memory anyway. Mm. And that is mm. this day, July 19, in...
2: History. History. I hope I got it right. It is July 19th, isn't it? It is today. <laughs> even even though, I like to point this out, even though your run sheet says July 17th on it. Does not Let
1: me check that. <laughs> Couldn't do. You may hey, be wrong.
2: While we're, while we're talking about all things coming up in this great program, we've got two of our friends on, one of our most favourite segments with Harold Harker. He, we're talking about something different today.
1: We're talking about Canossa. This is a pivotal, it is a very... Pivotal time in history. And what happened in Canossa impacted the world for many years later. This is a, this is a good story, this one. that we will talk to share that. With us.
2: And we've got your mate, Simon Lewis. Now, his story is compelling and interesting.
1: He's been on a great adventure in life, that guy. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah,
2: stick with us for that one this afternoon, listeners. And, and
1: what about us, Aussie pastor, Hunty?
2: Yes, we always have a section called Ask the Aussie Pastor and it's not too late to send in your questions. We would love for you to ask us your questions and you can do it one of two ways. You can text your questions to us on 0488 or you can email your questions to us info at aussiepastor.com.
1: Okay, I can't think we'll start for prayer. Yes, because this is a program about Jesus. It's about lifting him up high. I hope Our listeners going to get a little better view of who he is and what he offers because he is something wonderful, let me tell you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, be with us now for a few moments. Well, not for a few moments, for a couple of hours. As we get into the Aussie Time Drive Home program, I just pray, God, that people will see you and how wonderful you are in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: This first song is an old time favourite at New Hope, oh, our church.
2: I love this song. We sing it? We do. We listen to it? We've played it before in yeah. our radio programmes. We, so we love it so have, much. Because it's such mm. a special song.
1: And I'll yep. tell you something, Hunty. Yep. I don't reckon it'll be the last time we play it either. Good. It's Matt Redman, and yep. he's singing 10,000 Reasons. Do you know what he's talking about? No. There are 10,000 reasons plus a million more to follow Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. Christ. Yes. Hope you enjoy it.
2: Live, really?
1: Yeah, yeah. When we're in church and we're singing that, and you hear the voices rise up together in unison, yep. it really is beautiful, isn't it? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I've always liked that song. Hey, yep. news time, mate. It is news time. How's your news? Mm. Uh, how's your news following going? Yes, it's been
2: a lot in the news, hasn't there, recently? Yeah, you For Christians to worry have, about.
1: Have you, you're still on Channel 9 of the morning watching the Today show? I'm
2: still recording it and time shifting
1: it. So by the time you watch it, mate, it's old news. The world's moved on.
2: And that's why often I don't get a chance to see it, so. So when you record it, do you just delete it? Yeah, just delete it. Yeah. Automatically, you got it? To... No, I actually, once a week, I go through and delete all the things I haven't watched. One of the
1: news programs we. News, news programs. One of the news stories we mentioned last week was this heat wave in Europe. It hasn't got better. No. And I saw a thing this morning on Facebook actually having a go at us Aussies for making friends of our, our dear, (laughs) and they are really our dear brothers. Making fun
2: of our Pommy friends. Yes. the, Mm. (laughs) The
1: English who are facing, not just the English. I mean, it's like Europe is burning up at the moment. They're, they're facing bushfires like we did a couple of summers ago. Mm,
2: mm. Uh, it's very serious. I saw the photo you're talking about. It's a picture of 40 degrees, Aussies on Bondi Beach enjoying themselves, and a picture of England, 40 degrees, and some sort of a Armageddon slash nuclear holocaust. Yeah. However, I've also seen photos of the train tracks on fire in their, in their subway, and their metro system, because it's just never that hot, and the grease that's built up over the years is catching fire.
1: Well, I saw a train that actually in Europe, I think it was in Spain, got caught in the middle of a bushfire. I think they call them forest fires. It was a grass fire. Yep. It's very scary. Um, and there's no doubt, you know, when we get a cold snap like we're having now, we Aussies struggle. And we struggle because our houses really aren't built for the cold. Not, not in well, properly. certainly not in Sydney and Brisbane where we're where am from. Mm. But... The Europeans, they kind of struggle on the other end of it. When they get a hot snap like this, they, they're not air-conditioned. You and I have been there outside the hotels and that. You're not going to go to many homes in Europe, in Britain especially, that are air-conditioned. No, they're double-glazed and they're heated and that's it. So you've got double-glazed windows. That would help, actually, to keep you cooler too, by the way. Ah, oh, Good. Um, well, it keeps the heat out and yep. cool in, but you can imagine them on the 45 to 47 degree
2: night. That's not easy going. You know, even in Australia when it gets over 40, people die in this country.
1: Yeah, they do. Mm. It's always very serious. Very serious. I struggle when it gets over 40.
2: 30. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't mind 30. I think 30 is pretty good,
1: actually. I like I wish, 22.5. I wish it was 30 now, actually. Um, what about this council that's banning cats... Now, be careful, hunty. I know. Because we have a Some lot of... Some of my
2: best friends love their cats. And
1: we have a lot of listeners who are genuine cat
2: lovers. And dependent on their company and companionship.
1: I made a joke about cats on Sabbath, Did actually. Did you just? Yeah. Did you live through to, it? Yeah. <laughs> Only just. Um, we had a... Uh, one of our members has had a cat come home. Ah, uh, she'd been oh, praying yes. for it to come for her home for over twenty days, and I said, "Well, I've actually been praying for my cat."
2: <laughs> I remember when you said that, I, I laughed. <laughs> I've got a
1: I, my cat is not a nice cat, mate. It bites. Can you believe that? It actually it doesn't bite me. It knows better than to bite me. That's good. There are ramifi- there are disciplinary ramifications for the cat if it bites me. But right. what do you think about this idea of, of getting fined up to six hundred dollars if your cat
2: is not confined to your house and or your yard? Well, I, I guess I kind of understand what's driven this this recent move, and, and from what I can read on the internet here, it says that one cat on the loose for 24 hours will probably kill around 115 native Australian animals each year. There are many species that are either extinct or on the brink of extinction, little baby birds and marsupials, because of pet cats. So I wonder what our lovely friends, our cat-loving friends say about this. I guess they probably have bells tied around them so that they can't catch the birds.
1: Apparently I have a bell around the neck of my cat. My cat actually does stay as you know, inside. It yes. never goes outside. It's It actually doesn't just stay oh, inside. It's on side. a good wicket, your cat. It stays <laughs> upstairs inside because if it goes downstairs <laughs> well... <laughs> the, the, the dog sees it as a tasty morsel. <laughs> yeah, these, The dog and the cat I think that's the reason the cat doesn't like me it equates
2: me with the dog. Yes, because it is, knows you're good friends with the dog. The
1: fact is I say saved my cat's life when the dog attacked. True? You have, twice. Yeah, well... At
2: great personal at, cost. At once at
1: great personal cost.
2: Stitches and a trip to ER. No, that was another one. Oh. <laughs> I got a crazy dog.
1: <laughs> actually, when he bit me, he didn't do it. He wasn't biting me. He was attacking another dog, and I just got tagged pretty bad. And oh, okay. Just after I had my knee replaced, I ended up in a hospital. I, I actually think it's a good idea. I, I think if you're going to have an animal, you've got to look after the animal. Uh, you got to make sure that animal is not harming the environment. I'm not sure about the $600 fine. I think our councils and our governments fine us too much, whether it be fines on the road. Now, a lot of people say, well, I obey the law, and I get that. But I
2: think $600 to $1,000 for, for your cats. Why, they... <laughs> why do we have to be a society of people... Who are fine to do the right thing. I saw a great thing on, on the internet the other day where they talked about the humble shopping trolley. Are you aware of this little story? I'm listening. So a shopping trolley, you can get it for free mostly, except for Aldi. You can get your groceries and take oh, it to no, your some car. Of the
1: Woolworths charge you too. That's true. The Woolworths <clears> at Glenora <throat> that I go to charge you. it drives me nuts. for the most part... Who walks around with a $2 coin in
2: their pocket? I know, right? Yeah, anyway, go on. So for the most part, you can get a shopping trolley for free and you can take your groceries to your car. Now, do you abandon that... Shopping trolley next to your car so it can bump into other people's cars, or do you dutifully take it over and put it in the shopping trolley rack?
1: Well, that depends on
2: whether I'm going to get the $2 back. I think it's a great test of character. Do you do the right thing or not when there's no ramifications? I'd rather not answer that. (laughs) Well, I think this cat thing's the same thing. People, do you have to be told. To protect the little bilbies and the other Australian yeah. animals, do you have to be told to protect them from your cat? I reckon cat? a lot of people do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just completely destroyed my, well, my train of thought, but that's okay.
1: Are you saying you're a bad person if you don't take the troll? Look who's out? laughing at us.
2: <laughs> Our next guest, Pastor, Pastor Harold, is laughing at me. <laughs>
1: um, what about this one? Petrol cars banned in Canberra. I saw that. Now, this will stir Hunty up. It will.
2: By 2035. It will. And? Well, I like the idea of going green and electric cars, but to ban petrol cars from Canberra? Why? Because they put
1: smog into the air, which makes it hard to burn. Well, brand.
2: until Australia generates its electricity any other way other than coal, it's, it's a wash.
1: Do you believe in global warming?
2: Yes. Do you think cars are doing it? Of course. Cars, businesses, or just cars, or both? It's a lot of things. But until we can generate all our electricity environmentally friendly then all you're doing is shifting the car's pollution from the city to the coal-fired power station.
1: That's true too. I've often thought about that. So i like an electric Feel car, free though.
2: to ban the cars from the city once you've got all your power generated cleanly and green. I'd like to have an electric
1: car because they are blindingly fast. <laughs> but I'd only have it. I, I, You know me, Hunty. I don't speed. I would have that. I would have it stuck. I would, I'd only go to 100 kilometres an hour. But apparently you can get there in about one second. <laughs> <So Yeah. laughs> that, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Uh, look, I think the world's changing That's right And, and we are going to see more of this uh, And, and uh, look, whether or not we reach there but We might not even, you and me might not be here in 2035 anyway so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've been saying for a while You need to get into that diet,
2: hunty yes. <laughs> yes, I've been working on a reverse diet lately <laughs> uh, That's
1: uh, Actually, that's not true, listeners He's very... Discipline most of the
2: time oh, yes
1: Doesn't have dinner, tea for us COVID, The COVID
2: and the rain and the floods I've oh, been going backwards a little bit Oh you've been, you're back to three it's, meals a day? No but I'm back to two meals a day starting like a couple of days ago Well so. you've only ever eaten two No it? I went to three during the floods and the COVID I did, I was oh, naughty Oh did that hurt you? Went back a long way You did really? Threw all my fat clothes out about six months ago. Started to take regretted them out. it this morning. Okay, I had to take some out, did you? No, I threw them away. Gave them oh, away. Oh, so oh. I regretted it this morning. Oh, okay, I'm
1: watching him with his coat, kinda. It's, it's <laughs> popped undone. So, yeah. um, and, and, and this last one, it's a good news story. Yes, a 17 year old teen in San Diego. Returned a purse left in a grocery store parking lot. Only have a few dollars in it. But they went out and raised $20,000 just his community when they found out that he'd done this. So what is, you got this kid. Now no. normally, well, I'm not going to say normally because there's a lot of good kids out there. Yes. But some kids will just grab the purse. Yep. And it, it's someone that left it behind at yep. the grocery store. Take, and the just cash. take off with yep. it. Even if it's only got $20 cash. And, you know, I, I lost my wallet on the train, had my address, my phone number, everything in it. Never saw it again. Oh. But this guy returns it and his community is so overwhelmed that he's an honest kid that they get online and they raise twenty thousand dollars for him. I think that's a good news story. It is a good news story. story. There are yep. still good kids in the world today. Yes. So look, when you see the good stories, praise God. Yep. When you see the bad stories, and the Lord our our Saviour knows there's enough of them around at the moment. Wars and rumours of wars and disasters and famines and plagues, when you see those bad stories, look up Because
0: Jesus is coming soon. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: Hey, Hunty, how's that Aussie Pastor question thing going? We yes, got we've, some?
2: we got Yes, we do, but we've still got space for more, so let me give a, a quick plug. If you'd like to send in your questions for me to ask the Aussie Pastor, you can do it one of two ways. You can text them to us on 488 or you can email them to us, and the email address is info at com.
1: I would love to see some more questions today, actually, Hunty. Yes, I would. I like them when they come in on the cuff. I like them when they're hard. <laughs> well when they're hard I just throw straight to you <laughs> It gives me time to think <laughs> Hey um Sandy Patty You like Yes her? She's
2: our, our next artist
1: Did you ever do any sound for her? No but I wish I had Ever been to one of her concerts? Yes Good? Oh amazing She's a beautiful singer mm. And this song that she sings We Shall Behold Him Talking is about is the second Great
2: song Coming
1: of Jesus I believe Jesus is going to come soon
2: Yep Turn your car stereo up Turn your radio up Because you'll love this
1: Um and I think when you listen to the words, where she talks about, where for me, when Jesus returns above all else, and this comes from my heart, the thing I want to see above everything else is Jesus himself personally. And, man, when she finishes this song, does she get
2: up hot. Does this song get big yeah. and big and bigger? Yes. It does. We
1: Shall yeah. Behold Him by Sandy Patty.
4: The sky shall unfold. Preparing his entrance, the star shall upload.
1: Up that
2: high! Oh my goodness! That's I up. don't
1: think I've ever heard anyone live sing that high. Mariah
2: Carey does that. Does a note that's higher? Can you get higher than that? She set the Guinness Book of World Records in a concert when she first did it. Mariah Carey. But yeah, it's a very similar note. You can get higher than that. It's seriously. a very similar, but Mariah Carey has the world record. your stake can. I Google that and check. I tell you what. While you introduce our next guest, I will Google it for you because you know what I like, listeners loves to be right
1: <laughs> he does and i love to watch it when he's wrong <laughs> hey uh harold you there yes i'm here i want to Thanks. welcome harold harker to the program today how are you
5: it's good it's cold up here today
1: it's cold here too we don't even have a heater in here do we no actually? we're in a barn with no heat yeah we're <laughs> we're very grateful to be in this barn but uh it is cold it's i think it's a cold day but we are in the middle of winter aren't we You're right. Yeah. Hey, we're going to talk about something. I find we're kind of changing direction today. We're not so much talking about a a reformer, but an event in the Reformation. I've called it Canossa. This is great stuff, isn't it? Really,
5: it's great story. Fascinating.
1: It it is, and there are there are at least three characters in it. Let's introduce the first one. We know him as Pope Gregory the Seventh. Do we know when he was born? Do we know much about his family, his upbringing, his education, and how he's elected as Pope?
5: Well, he was born in the Italian town of Savannah, which was on the eastern coast of uh, Italy on the Adriatic Sea, about 1020, and his name was Hildebrand. He was known as Hildebrand. He grew up and he trained as a priest, and he became a priest. In fact, he was then later elected as the Pope, and of course popes changed their names, and he chose the name of Gregory, and he was the seventh one. So we know him as Pope Gregory the Seventh, but it had been Hildebrand.
1: And he brought up when he became the Pope, he brought about a change in the Catholic Church that priests still live with today. What was that?
5: Well, up until then they had the the law that priests should not marry, they should be celibate. But this hadn't been enforced very strongly. But when he came in, he said, hey, this is a must. If, if you're going to be a priest, celibacy is what the order of the day. And so he enforced that, and it's still in place today.
1: So before he enforced that, it was possible to find some Catholic priests in Europe or around the world who would be married.
5: Well, who would have had a woman? Yes,
1: not necessarily married, right? Okay, I didn't know that. I find that quite interesting, actually. Um, what beef or what argument did he have with the kings of Europe that he intended, by hook or by crook, he was going to change it?
5: Well, this was a, a matter of who's in charge, who has the power, and kings thought they had the power in their kingdom, and they would be appointing bishops. And the pope said, "Hey, listen." That's the church. That's my prerogative. You don't appoint anyone in the church. I do that. You can do the
1: state. I'll do the church. In a way, he had a a point, didn't he?
5: He did have a point, but the king said, hey, we're in charge in our country, and uh, that's what
1: happened. Now, bear in mind, we're talking, what, a thousand years ago, more or less now at the moment, this story occurred? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so you've got a, a conflict between the state and the church brewing. That's right. This is really the beginning of uh, the Church of Rome gaining total supremacy over ancient Europe, isn't it?
5: If they could get the power to be in charge of everything, they would have total power.
1: Okay. Now, Henry IV, he was the king of Germany, am I right, and the emperor of Europe? Yes, he had
5: his... um, Uh, throne in Spire on the, uh, that's where he lived but he was the Holy Roman Emperor at the time and he was just a young guy in fact he was just in his early twenties and this young fellow thought he he could rule not only the Holy Roman Empire but guess what, he'd ordained bishops and he even went as far as to ordain a or put his name up for ordination an archbishop in Milan
1: down in Italy. So he's, he's, well, he is the emperor of Europe. It's not like he's just the king of Germany. That's right. He's the emperor of all of Europe. But really, what you're seeing is is he's taken, he's 21. He's full of youth and enthusiasm. And you are bold when you're young. I, I often look back, Hunty, at our, we're, we're a lot bolder when we were <laughs> 20 than we are at, I think, what are you going on, 63 or 4 or whatever it is? <laughs> I'm younger than you, but, uh, but carry on. <laughs> um, He's bold, and he takes the Pope on. Am I getting this right?
5: That's right. In fact, there'd been quite a backwards and forwards between Gregory VII and Henry Fourth, and Henry had gone a step too far before, and the Pope said, you have to do penance, and so he went to Nuremberg in Germany, and there in front of the papal legates, he did penance. He was sorry for what he'd done, or at least he had to do that to show he could be sorry for it. So this
1: this history with these two guys. It is. It's yeah. more than history. There's tension. Correct. And um, by the way, I don't know whether you know this. Is there a big age gap between these two? Have you got a young man and an old man? Or yeah,
5: well, this uh, the pope was born in 1020. Um, Henry would have been born in the, born in the 1050s so there's, oh,
1: there's, there's an age gap there then yep yeah so you, so not only have you've got tension between these two powerful uh, entities in Europe you've got you've got an age gap causing some stress okay so Henry takes Pope Gregory on uh, what did the Pope do?
5: Well the Pope had said first of all you do not uh, appoint bishops yep and uh, Henry said, in my country, I will York or put a bishop up and made him a bishop. And that really set the flame to the dispute between the two of them.
1: So what does he do when he does that? What does it, how does a Pope respond? I mean, he hasn't got armies where he can take this guy young fella on.
5: No, but what he does, he said, you are excommunicated. You're out of the church and not only that, but all of your subjects do not have to do what you'll say you have no authority in your country or in the church or anywhere. You're nothing.
1: Does that include That's paying in tax? And does that does that include paying tax? They wouldn't have to pay their taxes to him? wouldn't have to pay taxes to him. Wow. So so this is a pretty good hit back from the Pope. This is going to hit well, him. Yeah. Would, would the people have taken notice of the Pope when he said that? Would they have said, all right, we're, we're not going to pay homage to this king? Yes, they
5: did. There were a few divisions in Germany at the time anyway, and this put it, uh, ex- made them worse. And, okay. And uh, Henry says, I've got to do something
1: about this. So Henry has an auntie. How does she come into the story?
5: Well, his auntie was uh, Matilda, and she lived down in northwest Italy at a place called Canossa. And uh, when Henry thought, I've got to do something about it, He grabbed a few loyal soldiers and he hot-footed it down. He's going to get this pope who's excommunicated him and look out to see what happens. But the pope says, "Okay, I'm up here. Here's a castle and I'll go there. And Mathilda lets him in and they lock the doors and Henry can't get to the pope.
1: So did did Henry go to hurt the Pope, or did he go to ask for forgiveness? He was going
5: to do the Pope in if he could have.
1: Wow. So he arrives at the castle door. It's the middle of winter, is that right? That's right. Snow everywhere. Is Canossa up in the mountains?
5: It is in the mountains, not on the top of a hill.
1: Have you been there? Yes. I guess you went there in the summer, not the winter. That's correct. So there was a lot of snow on the ground. He's standing outside the castle with his soldiers. What happens?
5: Well, they, they fasten the door, and he has to now show that he's sorry for what he's done. He's going to do repentance, and he puts on sackcloth and ashes, and they, the Pope makes him stand there in the snow for three days before they open the doors.
1: Okay. Well, was it the snow? Was it the cold that brought about this repentance? Probably (laughs) We don't really know do we
5: No but he he thought this was the best course of action for him
1: So he asks He begs for forgiveness Does Pope uh, Gregory forgive him
5: Yes he does He said okay you've, You've now given me allegiance I'm in charge Okay I'll restore you But you know that I'm in charge of who appoints what
1: Do you think Henry got that
5: Well he thought he did but he went home and said, I'll think about this. I'm going to get this guy one of these days. So he had he had trouble when
1: he went home too, didn't he? Because of, yes. the, because of the Pope had excommunicated, he had some local rebellions break out. He had to do something about that. He
5: puts all those down and gets the. So he's now in charge of the Holy Roman Empire and the place over in Germany, the Pope's back in Rome.
1: So eight years later, just before he turned 30, what does he do? And well, I'm talking said, about um, Henry. He He's a bit of a lad, this guy. Um, he sure is. Yeah. He
5: said, You know, early in the time, when the Pope excommunicated him, he thought, I'll excommunicate the Pope. Yep. But that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but now he says, I'll take these soldiers and I'll go
1: and get in. And so he raises a large army this time, marches on Rome. Is that correct? He
5: does. And there was a little gate that he thought, I'll get through, even if they shut all the big gates. There was a little gate over near the the port of Assyria, it was called, and he said, I'll get into the Pope, and I'll get him. And what happens? Well, the Pope says, I hear that he's coming, and he's coming for me. So the Pope says, I'll get out, and he hot-footed it south and left Rome for Henry IV.
1: And never came back.
5: They never came back. Henry was in their own charge. The Pope goes south, uh, down past what we would call Pompeii, past Naples. Yep. And there, the Pope actually dies down there. He was an old guy by then. He would have been about 60 or 70, so he dies.
1: So when, when Henry dies later on, there's a backstory to this. What happened?
5: Well, yeah, when Henry dies... His son wants to bury him in the uh, uh, in the in the cathedral back at Spire, and the Pope says no. This guy was not allowed to, and you can't bury him in. You can bury him on the side near the cathedral, not down in the proper place.
1: So he was buried somewhere else because of his sins. Uh, yes, right. I think later on, they were able. To, his family was able to do penance. Well,
5: they had to pay for it. You've got to pay for your sins.
1: Yes, yes, and he when paid.
5: When they paid for it, they could re him back in the bright place.
1: So when you look at this story, you'd say, well, Henry won, but that's not necessarily the case. That's right. Unpack for us what it meant for the Christian church and history.
5: Well, what this did, it gave all the kings... The Holy Roman Emperors, it gave them the, the power, but they had to be subservient to the Pope. and uh, after this innocent the third came, that was the height of the of the papacy, and they really controlled the world at that time.
3: Yeah,
1: in fact, uh, I think if you could learn one lesson from this, the state and the Church are always best to stay apart. Correct. Because when they get, when you, together, get
5: them, when you get them together, one will force itself on the other and there is no freedom, particularly religious freedom.
1: And there was no religious freedom once the Pope got in charge of, of Europe. In right. fact, great persecution came to those who begged to differ from what sure Catholicism did. and Rome believed, and it was a dark time for the world. It was. In fact, every time the church gets in charge of the state, it really is dark times. It's almost like God never designed the church to rule a state. Um, Church
5: should be the church, the state should be the state.
1: Well that's a fantastic story Pastor Harker. Harold and I really enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us today. I think we've been serenaded in the background with a the piano I there. I think we are too. I think <laughs> one of your neighbours is probably practicing the piano. Yeah. Oh, at least it's beautiful music, mate. And we don't mind that's a bit it. of music behind to to bring some uh,
0: atmosphere to the show, Hunty. That's exactly right. <laughs> we love your brother. Thank you, Harold. Thank you so thanks mate. Much. See you again. See you again. See you again. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor, here on Faith FM.
1: Ah, uh, Hanti, that, that, that was an interesting story, that one. A great story. I thought it was you who was bringing some music in to start off with, and I've actually given Hunty a hard stare. Oh, he us, gave uh, me a good stare, <laughs> but you know
2: what? It, it makes me happy to get a good stare, because I've got some news for you about Mariah Carey. Ah, oh, yes, so uh, Look, I never said it wasn't true. I was just thinking, man, you can get higher than that. Yes. Okay, give us the news. So here's what I uh, discovered whilst I discreetly did some Googling. Yep. Let me see. I might even be able to play you a little bit. So apparently, here we go.
3: This
2: is Mariah Carey. She's singing G-sharp seven, which is the second Last black key on the piano. Can, has anyone ever got to the last one? I don't know, but she's currently the world record holder. Well, she's a record holder, you'd have to say uh, Guinness no. Book of World Records as having the highest note. She's got a four octave range and she is the all-time champion. It is amazing how God creates some
1: people with these, inc- you know, a four octave range is mm, incredible. Mm, it's, so she goes can, quite low as well. She actually go really low. She goes very,
2: very low. At One point. of the lowest singers it's too around. It's a prodigious
1: around. talent that it is. God gives people it is. to sing with that. sort. My my own wife actually sings with a huge range She's got a like great that. range. And she can go quite high as she well. Can, I don't yes. think she goes that high, but she, I've been trying to get her to do some music so we can play it on this radio. Program, <laughs> we should. Can. We should twist her arm. Oh man, it's hard. It's not easy. Hey, is it too late?
2: No, it's Aussie not too pasta? late. Yes, we'll still take questions for us, the Aussie pastor. So if they write one in today, will it get up today? It'll or... get up today. Is that a promise? It's a promise. Okay. So here goes. If you want to send any question, you can text them to us on 0488 or you can email them to us and the email address is info at com.
1: By the way, before we go to this next song from yep. Ivan Parker, The Midnight Crying, I yep. love this song. Yeah, me too. Um, that story of Pope Gregory the Seventh and King or Emperor Henry the Fourth, the ramifications of that confrontation between them has resounded down through history. Wow! And I'd like to go further and look at that in the not too distant future. Let's on this radio show. Let's because it really is quite incredible. This young, impetuous king put in his place. By an old Pope. And it may seem, as, as 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 Harold just said to us, it may seem that Henry won that confrontation, but it really was, as we concluded, the beginning of the reign of the Church of Rome over Europe. Mm, mm. And uh, as I said, I, I just can't see any positives of the Church, even to this day, hunty, interfering too much in the state. Mm -hmm. And when you see the church do it with the secular state, often there's a pretty big kickback, isn't there? And one thing I like about the church I belong to, the Adventist, Seventh-day Adventist church, we stay out of politics.
2: And you know why that is? It's actually in our policy book.
1: Do you know why it is? No you know why we stay out of politics? There is one reason only. The Bible? Because more than that, we advance another king and another kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're allowed to. In fact, we have... um, Adventists in pretty big positions, even in our own regional area. I think yeah, we the Prime do. Prime Minister of both Papua New Guinea and, and the Solomon Islands. The seventh day Adventists. So it's not yep. that we're against politics, it's a, it's about bringing our, our religion into politics and saying what we believe is what everyone else must. We don't believe that. Yep. We believe in freedom, freedom of religion. Because, as I said, I uh, basically the entire reason. Our church, the Adventist church, and I would say most churches exist, surely, is to prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus. For sure. And when Jesus comes, I'm telling you, mate, he will be the king for eternity. One will need to worry about elections back when he arrives. And and when he's a king, everybody gets a fair go and everybody lives in eternal happiness. And I can't wait for that day. And this song, The Midnight Cry by Ivan Parker, is talking about, the return of jesus christ
4: i hear the sound of a mighty Rushing wind I'm close closer now than it's ever been. I can almost hear the trumpet. We'll be going home. Jesus is coming back for the church. and going to make you want to shout. Hallelujah. Oh, I look around me and I see prophecies fulfilling. Oh, and signs of the time they're appearing.
2: On yes, we are on. Did I miss the start? Was it? No, I actually messed your headphones up. <laughs> okay, we're allowed to do that here. We're very forgiving of each other. I should take. I shall take that one.
1: Oh, okay. I was just checking to see whether I had that red thing on. I've yeah. done that before. Um, Jesus is coming again. It's for not a cliche. For sure, it's a reality. I look forward and to I it. I think sometimes we get caught in this world, especially those of us who know from Scripture. We understand what the Bible says about Jesus' return and we get caught in this world and we put our roots down real deep. Mm -hmm. And it's not a great idea because when your roots are not down deep, it gets a lot easier to leave. And what I mean by that, Mm -hmm. we all need to take very seriously because of the times we live in and need to have a relationship with Jesus, Hunty. That's it. One that's rooted in. And you want to know how to walk with Jesus, how to walk. This is not how you get to heaven. This is how you walk with Jesus. You spend time in the Bible morning yep. and night. Yep. So twice a day you're into the Bible. Yep. If you don't know where to start, anywhere. Mm. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, gospel, John. gospel, read Jesus' one story. One the gospels are good. Yep. If you want to go to beginnings, I say this all the time, go to Genesis. If you want to go to prophecy, go to Daniel or the Revelation or even the book of Isaiah, which has so many prophecies about Jesus. When you read it, you come out of it and you go,
2: wow. You it's, know, it's over a thousand, I think, isn't it? Been fulfilled already in the Bible. Prophecies?
1: I don't know, to be honest. Big number. I I wouldn't want a number on that. Are you putting a number on that?
2: Oh, it looks like you're pinning me to it, so yes. I'm going to check now. Yes, you, I put a yes on that. I'm going on to Google. I'm going to check how. Have you happily rubbed your nose in Mariah Carey? So
1: <laughs> you said there is a thousand more. Prophecies.
2: it's already come more true. more than a thousand. Yes, already come true. Sticking to it. Okay, you could be right. You Google I'm, it. I'm going to check whilst I prepare the questions.
1: <laughs> hey, Hunty. Yes. Ask the Aussie, Aussie pastor. Ask the Aussie pastor. I've lost my train of thought, so we better go
2: there. I've, I've actually got a great question, which I did not expect in this segment. Um, how is your farm in the flood going? Under. It went right under. It did. did.
1: Um, 1.6 metres. We lost our entire studio. Yep. What I mean... All of our cameras, all well, of our mixes. What I mean lost, I'm everything. not just talking the equipment. We had to tear the studio yep. down. The gyprock was saturated. It 1.6 metres up. And the problem... Why we had to tear it down. So I go in there. You were
2: with me. Yep.
1: First time we went in there after the flood. Yep. We both go and then you have a look at, Remember what I said? I think this this might be able to be saved. Yeah, we were hopeful, weren't we, day yeah, one. Yeah, well the chip rock wasn't falling off, it wasn't bowed, it mm. wasn't marking up. Now you yeah. got gotta remember we've got a pretty big studio well, we did have a pretty big we studio did. out there, and it yep. was a beauty. It was a great studio. Uh, God had helped us raise the money for it. It was full of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Mm. Anyway, we pulled one sheet off. You know what I found? What's that?
2: Um, I, I do know what you found. What I find? It's absolutely horrendous that in the space of what, 10 days? Mould. Thick carpet mold. of putrid mould.
1: I had some friends who went around to help someone else in the valley I live. I was talking to, actually the lady, God bless her, her name's Veronica, Who's in charge of the security? What, what, a safety? I she was either SES or, no, no, or no, no, fire, safety, safety. Okay, yeah. for our area. That's probably yep. not what it is, but she's in charge of that. She come to see me with her husband yesterday to see how we're going because we've torn the studio down. We've lost all the equipment, thrown it all out. We've got two six meter bins of yep, rubbish, rubbish after we've pulled everything mm. down. And, um, she comes to see how I'm going. And I said, Oh, look, we've lost everything including uh, the studio itself. And she said, yeah, I, I get that. I talked to her about the mould. She said, we went to help a, another couple just down the road from you. They lost their house. At least it didn't go into my second-story house, Aunty. Mm-hmm. I only took the studio out uh, and all my tools and uh, the track yep. e- that yep. went under. Everything went under. Everything. And I'll, I'll come back to that in just a second. She said, we went to – Veronica told me, she says, we go to help this other person out there start pulling the walls off and we didn't think we're going to have to pull them off so just full of mold and the lady was so upset because she she like us wanted to keep her walls up and and keep her house but Mm. once the mold gets into it it's unlivable mate. correct you've got to throw it out you have no choice i got Mm. emotional i wouldn't say i got teary but i got very emotional uh while i was doing this now getting back to Mm. my equipment here's Mm. a nice little miracle story the tractor the ride-on, my rotary hoe, helped me, Hunty, that. The, the, the chainsaw, firefighting water pump. The firefighting chainsaw water the, pump. The outboard on the, my... zero-turn lawnmower. The zero-turn lawnmower zero lawn all went under. it. When Correct. I say under, and the tractor... Oh Swimming man, with the fishes. I'm almost as close to the tractor as I am to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> this is a major tragedy. They all went under. I mean, really under, Hunty. Yes. Do you know that you and my brother were able to get every single... Piece of equipment yep. that has an engine yep. in that place going yep. by yesterday all, afternoon, all running again. And yep. I, man, well, I heard that tractor start yesterday. I mean, I stopped work. I'm pulling jib rock down yesterday, and I knew my brother's going to start that tractor. I went outside, and man, boy, oh boy, it. You know, you, you talk about joy and light in, yes, the in the darkness. That just made me so so happy. The tractor was so so. How are we going? Look, it's dark times. Mm. But another miracle story is Mr. Schofield here on the Orange Farm has given us another studio. Yep. Free of charge. We don't own it, but he lets us use it. Yep free of charge, and I'm about to go to Western Australia, Hunty. I'm going to go and preach to the good people of Bunbury. If they have Faith FM, God bless you. Looking forward to seeing you. You know how I'm going there, Hunty? I do. I'm driving. You're driving. I'm driving because we're going to do some programs on the way across. I'm going to send them back to Hunty because he's staying here and he's going to move. Well, there's nothing to move, is there? going to us a re- new, re- new he's studio. He's going to rebuild us a yep. new studio yep. and somewhere the Lord will set. find the money for us and we'll be up through his grace in a way again so that's a story it's a mm, sad story Sad story. But there's a lot to thank god for it. yep um and i think like habakkuk three you know he says though bad things happen to me and the world falls around my shoulders and i i got nothing to eat and all my livestock die he says no matter what happens i'll trust in the lord and i feel a bit like that and that's what i mean don't put your roots too deep and I'm speaking from experience. Don't put them too deep. Don't rely in the things of this world to see you through because I tell you what, where we're going, the Bible talks about what it's going to be like just before Jesus comes. Lots of trouble, lots of disasters, lots of incredible challenges. A lot of us are going to lose like I have a lot of things. Yep. Don't put your hope, don't put your assurance and your future in things. That's my lesson and that's my testimony coming out of this flood. Yep. And by the way, did you know, hunty... They reckon that in a month or September, I think Mm -hmm. they said, they reckon there's going to be a flood that's five metres higher than this one. That is, is, that is the doomsday prediction. That is not true, and here's my hope. Now, I haven't been outside, but they said it was going to rain today in Sydney, and it's been a beautiful day, so I'm hoping if they can't get it right... 24 yeah. <laughs> hours into the future, that they sure, as,
2: sure as don't have September right. Mm. No, that, that's the story. Alrighty. So, in answer to your question, uh, listeners, the farm, our studio went under, but we are going to rebuild. So, here you go. Next question. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Let me, before I load this question at the Aussie pastor, who's unfortunately fighting with his headphones, i tell you what, I'll just speak up so he hears me. If God is a Trinity, Who created the earth?
1: Oh, that's a good one.
2: Isn't it? Genesis 1, verse 1. Yep. In the beginning. Yep. God. Well, out
1: of the three of them, who was it? In the beginning. God. Who is God? The three of them. There you go. God is one. That's right. God is three entities in one person. Yep. No. So let me, I got that wrong. It's. God is three persons in
2: one one entity.
1: entity. One God. One God. Not even one entity. God is three persons in one God. Who's God? God the Father in the beginning. God created the heavens, the heavens and the earth. Yep. You could say that's God the Father. And verse two, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth. There's your Holy Spirit. Yep. Uh, go to Colossians one. I think it's about sixteen seventeen. Talks about Jesus being the creator of the earth. God created the earth. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were all involved in the creation of our planet. That's not hard to answer. That one. Okay. What is harder is when you get into the Trinity. How yes. can three
2: persons be one
1: God? Yes.
2: Uh, that's Maybe that should a be a Bible study for another day.
1: Well, I can answer it short. Okay. How can you get married and two people become one? It's kind of a I like that. bit
2: like that. Even, I do like that. But even closer.
1: So so God is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three individual persons, but together they make up one God and apart they're one God. It's, it's kind of a bit hard for the brain to, Get a hold of it, but God was never meant to be simple. He is complex, mm. um, and I think the closest we have—this is just my opinion now—the closest we have is is marriage. Yep, you know, I marry people, and two people walk in, and one family walk out. The Bible often calls God the Godhead.
2: You know, they are three mm. the God: Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm.
1: Okay, that's probably enough of that holy
2: subject, and okay. it is—it's a, a very sacred subject. It that is. one. Alright, moving on Next question Is the Bible written In chronological order?
1: Um, That's a good question How does that even Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 First verse in the Bible In the beginning
2: God Created the heavens and the earth What do you reckon? Well, does the question mean Are the books in the Bible In the order that they occurred Or were written?
1: I think so I think it's saying Is the Bible written chronologically?
2: Okay What do you reckon? Well,
1: yes <sighs> I'm feeling great because
2: the answer is no. What was the first book written for the Bible? It wasn't probably, Genesis. Was it Moses or Joshua? Probably the Job. book of Job. That's what I heard. We
1: don't know for sure, but probably the book of Job. But has the
2: Bible been assembled in chronological order now? No, no. No.
1: No, it's not. It's it's Sometimes you could say it's just about chronologically all over the place. There are areas of it. like the If you go to the book of Judges, that's in chronological order, the actual book. But to say that the books are put in chronological order date wise, no, not
2: at all. Mm. Well, there you go, listener. That's a short answer. Isn't a it? very short answer. Yeah. Have you ever seen our nation, Australia, in Bible prophecy? <laughs> that is a good question. It's a great question.
1: Is Australia in Bible? No. Generically, maybe, when it talks about the end of the world and the, the conditions of the world. But no, look. Okay, the nations I have seen in Bible prophecy are, I've seen Rome. Yep.
2: I've seen the United States of America. Yep. What about Nebuchadnezzar statue, all those, I've all those seen, countries? I've
1: seen Protestantism. I, I guess I, I'm talking modern times. Oh, yep, yep. Because I asked the word Australia. Is Australia in Bible prophecy? prophecy yep. So I'm talking in a modern context. Of course, prophecy in the old... Maybe see, Europe? Yes. Yeah. The ten toes, yeah, not not so much. You don't see necessarily the individual countries of Europe, but you you do see Europe is in in Bible prophecy, Daniel chapter two. Mm. Um, so have I seen Australia individually as a nation in profit? No, and okay. I don't think it is. It'd be cool if it was,
2: absolutely,
1: <laughs> but it's as far as I can see, it's not. If, if there are listeners out there who think that Australia is in Bible prophecy, I am
2: open. Um, contact us. How would you contact us, Hunty? Uh, what, yes, uh, yes. If you would like to let us know, you can text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, or if you want to write us a decent email, info at aussiepastor.com. dot com. If you can see Australia
1: in Bible prophecy, yep. I am
2: interested to hear. Yep, but as far as I am concerned, no. But what an interesting question that is. I just got a text. Yep, apparently it's raining.
4: <laughs> uh, All right, let's move on. I reckon
2: there's going to be 200 mil of rain in Sydney in the next four or five days. If that oh is true, that's very, oh very bad news. The roads still aren't even open from the last time we had a flood. Well, our ones up No, we can't get from here to the studio. We've got to go via Dural True. Mm. When are they going to open that road? What's the name of that road? Is it Wiseman Pitttown Road? Uh, Pitt Town, I think it is Pitttown Yeah, When are they going to open that, man? Yeah. It's been closed forever. Since the flood, yep. Yeah. All right, moving on. Did the Jews go to church on Sabbath during the Exodus?
1: There are some interesting
2: questions. Today. <laughs> These are great questions. Did the Jews go to church on Sabbath during the Exodus? Probably not. Or if they did, there's no evidence that they did. Did they worship on Saturday? the worship every
1: day? Um, there's no evidence. Got to be careful what I'm saying here. They rested. And so in resting, they worshipped. Okay. But how they worshipped... Because God didn't give them manna on Saturday, did he? No, he didn't. He, he, they were fed manna six days a week, but on the Saturday...
2: Listeners, for those who don't know what the manna is, that was actually God miraculously sending food. While dropping food out of the sky into their laps. While
1: millions of Jews walked through the desert mm. on the way from Egypt and slavery to freedom
2: in Israel. He also protected them by putting a cloud over them so they didn't get sunburned and overheated. Well, there was a cloud
1: of fire by night to keep them warm yep. and there's a cloud over the sun during the day in the desert to keep them cool. But yep. what would happen on Friday afternoon, they'd get a double dose of manna so they had enough for Saturday, for the Sabbath. Yep. If they kept it, during the week overnight, it would go off. But when they kept it Friday night, yep. on the Sabbath, the manna would stay uh, fresh. fresh. And I wonder what manna tasted
2: like. I, I've heard some people say rice cakes. How would they know? Exactly. <laughs> Mind you, there are people who have claimed that the Israelites weren't the only ones to get manna falling on them. Well, biblically, I've not heard that. Okay. Yeah, no. Mm. I think biblically... Uh, well, no, no, this is not biblical. I've just heard that God dropped some manna in Africa once.
1: Well, okay, the, yeah, those stories,
2: yeah, okay. yeah, the story. You're right, not in the Bible. <laughs> uh, what was the question again? Did, did the it, Jews go to church on Sabbath during the Exodus? No, the, the answer is no, they didn't.
1: Okay. Did they worship? Yes, they did. When did church worship come in? Well, we know definitely it came in before the time of Jesus because in Luke chapter four verse sixteen, there's no doubt Jesus was in the in temple worshiping on the Lord's, day. On the Lord's yes. day, and the Lord's day, the Bible's very Says clear is a Sabbath, correct. Uh, so Jesus worshipped on the Sabbath in church or the synagogue. So at some time or another, and that would be an interesting study to, mm. see, to find out when they started to worship. Maybe when they started to build their synagogues, they began to worship in their local
2: synagogues. When we were in Israel, we went to a few of those local synagogues, didn't we, mate? Mm, we did, yeah, yeah. times. Okay. All right. <laughs> this next question's a ripper. It's two-part. Yep. Should I pay tithe? I am a pensioner.
1: Okay, so the idea is, what? Because I'm a pensioner and I'm
2: broke, I shouldn't pay tithes? I guess the question is, I, um, yeah, am I earning an income? You pay tithe on an income. Is a pension considered an income? Uh
1: the short answer to that is yes. But I would think when it comes to offerings and tithes, the two are different. Offerings is from your free will. I'm talking now. I'm talking to a born again Christian right now, of course. Uh, if, if you haven't met Christ, this probably doesn't apply to you at the same level. Mm. But if you've met Christ and you've accepted him as your savior, you give offerings just because you want to and you yep. give whatever you want. Yep. Bible talks about tithe being 10% of your income. So the word is income. Or mm. if you go back to the original word, increase, gain of gain. your gain or your increase, same word. Yep. Um, should a pensioner pay tithe? Yeah, for sure. That's my view, but if and, and it's backed up biblically, so I I could never
2: imagine why why not. No, now you're going to say what if what if what? No, I better not. No, I no, do it. I, I well, I, I want you to. Well, what about our pensioners who are struggling to pay electricity and food at the moment, who who you'd have to say aren't getting much of an increase? <sighs> maybe we can put this to our next verse guest. Maybe verse 10 of Malachi chapter three. is yep. how I answer you. Okay. Bring
1: all my tithes into the storehouse, so Jesus calls them his. Yep. So there'll be enough food in my temple. And and by the way, tithe, what does tithe do? Tithe pays for the uh, gospel to be proclaimed to the world. That's what tithe is. Yep. He says, bring all my tithes into the storehouse uh, so that there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord, so here's a promise. I will open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I'll guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine because they are ripe. Before they are ripe, says the Lord. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord. So I think put God to the test. There's my answer. Okay. Put him to the test. Yep. If you've never paid tithe before, Put him to the test. Pay your tithe, 10% of your increase, and then say, Lord, show me. All right. And watch what happens. Love that challenge. If, if, if the Lord blesses you, then keep going. Yep. If he doesn't, well, he hasn't kept up to his end of the bargain. I know God. I know he's real. I know he doesn't make these statements unless he means it. And so on the authority of the Bible, I can say, try it and watch what happens. If you're a pensioner, you know, it's not just pensioners that are struggling. True. Man, am I
2: battling to stay in Sydney at the moment? Well, you just took a multi-thousand dollar hit too. Yeah, but Mm. even before then, it was a battle. Yep. There's lots of us out there battling, but God bless us. True. All right, last question. Okay. Will only Sabbath keepers go to heaven?
1: It's a it's a bigger question than you think. So if you're talking about history, I would say, um well, if you're talking full stop, I'd say you don't get to heaven by keeping the Sabbath. That's the first thing. Yes. You get to heaven by grace, through faith in Jesus and his death on the cross. But then you fall in love with Jesus. And the Bible says, if you love me Revelation twenty two, fourteen well, John fourteen, fifteen. If you love me, keep my Commandments. Commandments. Mm. And Revelation twenty-two talks about those who are in, who, who are ready for Jesus when He returns as being commandment keepers. So they're covered in the blood of Jesus. They're bought by the blood of Jesus, but they are commandment keepers. And so there is no doubt that commandment keeping is evidence of your walk with Jesus Christ. But who gets to heaven? I can't answer that man. Of who course, am I? course. I'm not God. That's right. God's the one who decides who gets to heaven. But I know that when I gave my heart to Jesus when I was born again, that commandment keeping become important to my experience with him. I don't keep the commandments to get to heaven. John fourteen, fifteen, if you love me, it's all about love. By the way, it's even more than love, it's a pretty good lifestyle. Living within, live in God's law absolutely yeah it doesn't get you to heaven I mean this crazy idea that people think that the law will get you to heaven that's madness it's all about grace and the blood
2: of Jesus and faith in him that's what gets you to heaven yeah the day you think you can you can work your way do good things to get into heaven the day you believe that's how you arrive there is is—is the day you've not found grace So,
1: as Paul says I think it's Romans 3.31 I'm going off my head so don't hold me to this too much but what does he say um He's talking about faith and grace and how Jesus saved him. And then he says, well, because of this, do I nullify the law? He says, no, God forbid,
2: rather I keep it. Mm. Nice. Done. All righty. Well, that brings to conclusion today's episode of Ask the Aussie Pastor, and we'll be back in a second
0: with our next guest, Simon. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. We We saw that all wrong. We got a song. uh, Let me (laughs) say it. Let me say it. You got it wrong.
1: You got it wrong. Justice. I was going to say karma, but we can't (laughs) use that word. It is karma. Justice,
2: justice. Because I've been enjoying Mariah Carey in this episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're sitting here looking at the program and Hunter got it wrong.
2: We will have our next guest. We will.
1: After this beautiful song. Yes. I like this song. I do. Gold City, I'm not giving up. And you know what? When you're with Jesus... Even when things go bad, and I kind of put this song in here because of what had happened to me in the flood. okay I'm not giving up because I got Jesus, why should I?
4: through the valley, through this veil of tears, times I've even questioned, even if my Lord was near, many times that old tempter says, why not turn around? Because you're just a losing ground, Oh, but I'm not giving up Oh, I'm not turning round By the grace of God I'll win a shining crown Someday
1: I'm off again.
2: But <laughs> you say you're not giving up. <laughs> no. Uh, are you going to come clean there or? No, he's not coming clean. I'd like to know how many Bible prophecies. Did you
1: look that one up? Um, before I go there, yes, that was Hunty who missed that one, not me. <laughs> uh, here's a good one for you, Hunty. You were right. You were more than right, mate. Um, according to J. Barton Payne's Encyclopedia of Biblical Prophecy, there are 1,239 prophecies in the Old Testament. Yep. 578 prophecies in the New Testament. That's a total of, in the Bible, 1,817 prophecies. Kaboom. Nice. These encompass, listen to this. Yep. 8,352 verses. Yep. And next week, Hunty's gonna tell you how many of those prophecies have been fulfilled, because we're not sure. But, <laughs> We know that, oh, we reckon over a thousand. Yeah, it's right. I reckon well over a thousand. In fact, I'll go further. I think just about every one of those
2: prophecies has been fulfilled. Well, we'll and that's one of the reasons I believe in the Bible. Yeah, we will sit and have something to talk about next week.
1: Simon Lewis, are you there, mate? I am. You've been waiting a
6: while. No, it's it's. I'm. Um, I'd love to join any conversations, but uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> the mute button, mute button. Button oh, rules everything. Uh, Hunty Hunt, mutes me too. He's been muting me all day today. <laughs> um, how are you going? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Now, we were mates at, mates at college. When, when did you start Avondale University? Uh, 1988,
6: and
2: I squeezed a four-year course into seven years. Well done. Well, <laughs> well done. Oh,
1: I've lost mine. My... Oh,
2: that's pretty good. I'm sure as Lloyd's putting his headphones back together, let's hear the explanation for we're, that. We're,
1: we're having a lot of we're having a lot of <laughs> yeah, tech issues, of to the tech day. issues today. Man. <laughs> Seven years. Uh well, um, you would have enjoyed college then, that's for sure.
6: Oh, look, they had had some ups and downs, and uh, during the middle there, I took a year and a half off, and uh, I taught in a refugee camp in uh, Thailand.
1: Yeah, that would have been a fantastic experience. It was um, a, a life changing experience. Yeah. Tell us just briefly, because you've got three incidents in your life where God saved you, he saved you directly. I want to go to them as quickly as possible because they're they're quite moving and they're very powerful. Yeah. But tell us just quickly, since I saw you at college, what's happened to you until today?
6: So I studied as a teacher and uh, I taught for twelve years, um, both in uh, Adventist education as well as uh, Catholic education, and then I um I joined ADRA in two thousand and seven. Who's that? Uh, ADRA is the Adventist Development and Relief Agency, yep. and uh, it's the humanitarian arm of the Adventist Church, and uh, I've worked uh, with ADRA in uh, four countries, uh, Papua New Guinea, Nepal, New Zealand, and Australia. Wow. And now, what I've done that of, for the last 15 years. What sort of work did you do? In various
1: roles. What sort of things did you do?
6: Um, I was a volunteer intern, uh, started in uh, Papua New Guinea, uh, then program director, country director, um, international manager, uh, senior manager for national program and uh, uh, community centre manager, so which you, I am now. you've
1: actually gone quite high in the Admin.
6: I and then more local, I call it uh, local focused.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, t- tell us just very quickly in Nepal, was that a good experience? It was fantastic experience, yeah. How, how many years were you
6: there? Uh, four and a half years. So a fair um, while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you
1: live in the main city?
6: Yep, Kathmandu. Uh, but it's like a little village in different parts. Um, it's not. It's not exactly like the. You know, it's about the size of Brisbane. Yep. Uh, two and a half million people. Yep. And um, but uh, it's like a little village in various parts. We rode our bikes everywhere, and you know, uh, walked to school, walk to work, that type of thing. Did you
1: ever get to see Mount Everest?
6: I did. I did. Uh, I almost got to Everest Base Camp, um, but uh, I had a got a lung infection. And that's another story.
1: Um, um, Everest but, uh, Base Camp actually is a fair way up, isn't it?
6: Yeah. Uh, uh, the mountaineers come down there for rest and relaxation. We, yeah. we struggle to breathe when we get there.
1: Yeah, everyone talks about base camp. Oh, that's that's not – it was very high. Um, yeah. So uh, the poles are pretty high country anyway, is that correct, or not necessarily in the valley? Not
6: necessarily. About, about 1,100 metres above sea level at, at Kathmandu level. Um, the hills around Kathmandu are higher than Mount Kosciuszko. <laughs> Just the little hills,
1: incredible. So it actually does snow then in the main city.
6: No, oh, no, okay. it only snows in, the, snows in the hills in the in the and very and quite rarely.
1: Nepal, um, Nepal would be a developing nation, is that correct?
6: Yes, most of the people live uh, in the what they call the Terai. Yep. Uh, it's a very flat, very low
1: area uh, about the size of Victoria. People are poor, rich, medium. What? How would you describe?
6: They've you? got billionaires and they've got people who are poor you
1: yeah. would have been i guess primarily working with the poor very much so very much were so. you helping in disaster relief like in things like earthquakes and the sorts of natural disasters that hit yeah that country? the
6: Nepal earthquake happened just after we left uh and i traveled back there and i stayed there for six weeks helping ADRA um international team uh come back and uh and help the local um ADRA team out do you enjoy working for ADRA love it love it Funny thing is you can't been, work for something for 15 years and uh, in uh, all different types of roles and and still love it.
1: True, true. Funny thing is you were a country director and now tell us exactly what you do now.
6: I'm the uh, Adra Logan Community Centre Manager.
1: Uh, so so you've, south, you've south gone from of being a country director to actually working in a local Adra. Community Centre. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I enjoy, love it.
6: I, you know, you delivering food that? to people. Um, you know, people coming in and, and, and looking for um, furniture for an emergency um, relief, yep. uh, you know, helping people with domestic violence. Um, uh, yeah, lots of different things.
1: Well, before we get on to that, uh, yeah. the stories, um, can, can people help you guys in address somehow if they wanted to? Because you do do it. And I'm, I'm imagining with the way things are tightening in Australia at the moment, the poverty that a lot of people are facing, business yeah. will be increasing for you.
6: Very much so. Um, we we uh, are doing about one thousand two hundred uh, food parcels a month. So wow. it's about about four hundred to five hundred um, food parcels uh, a week uh, that how are coming out of Adela Logan.
1: How do you finance that? Is it just from people's giving? We or? have we
6: have two little op shops um, that uh, all are funded by volunteers. They're operated by volunteers. So all uh, all the uh, uh, money from the op shops go to the um, to the food programs.
1: Are you the only drop... What is it? An ADRA... What do you call you? What is it? An ADRA... Community Centre. Are you the only ADRA community centre in Brisbane? Um,
6: there's about 12 ADRA programs across Brisbane and, and South Queensland um, that uh, get things from Food Bank and uh, run their own food programs at different times of uh, of the week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're we're one of the larger ones. Can people... Like,
1: like people who have lost their jobs and... Have no money? Can they walk into an address centre like yours and get some food to eat? Absolutely, absolutely off the street. Yep. Is that how most Straight people come? Is that how most people come in?
6: Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of referrals as well. Um, we have a big Centrelink office beside us, uh, and Queensland Housing is on the other side of us as well. Do you and, help? Do you uh, help? A, lot of, a lot of different agencies work together across Logan. So do you help? To, uh, help to get, each other.
1: You help people to get housing too.
6: No, we help them with the furniture once they've got a house. Okay, okay. Um, so we might have uh, refugees that have just moved out of uh, detention. Yep. And um, and they're given a house, but there's nothing inside. So um, uh, we'll help them get furniture, beds,
1: fridges, uh, washing machine. Um, yeah, things like that. So if someone wanted to uh, give to ADRA, is it possible or how do you
6: do yeah. that? dot adra.org.au. Um, and go onto the website. Off the, on you, you can check on your phones now. Uh, yep. Go to slash donate. Yep. And you can go down and actually put down and put Logan if you wanted to. Yep. And uh, it'll get to us.
1: Well, we've got you on, so let's let's encourage them <laughs> to put Logan. Um, does most of the money that people give to ADRA actually go? Absolutely. To? That's that's, sure, that's not like some aid organisations yeah. where the money is. We, gets... we have
6: a very small amount of uh, administration uh, that comes through. And, um, you know, I think everyone has to realise that uh, to run any sort of program there's need, there needs to be some sort yeah. of support yeah. um, and, uh, and that sort of money uh, goes to that. But, uh, yeah, very high percentage actually goes to food programs and, and uh, community gardens and lots of different things.
1: Is that is that why it's volunteers working in your centre most of the time? Yeah.
6: Yeah. And that's how they keep yeah. the
1: costs down? Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. Fantastic. Well, look. I think we can say safely today that the Lord has done marvelous Lord Jesus has done marvelous things for you. Yeah. And you've had some you've had some instances where God's actually directly stepped in and saved your life. Um Yeah. So I, I left college in nineteen ninety. Uh, yep. and went off. I don't think I've seen much of you. I've heard about things that you've yeah. been doing, but haven't seen much of you. Tell us what happened and perhaps lead us up to that first incident where God actually, I believe, directly saved your life.
6: Yeah. Look, um, one of those uh, one of those things that I'm, I'm getting more comfortable in talking about is um, mental health mm-hmm. and, um, you know, uh we are all encouraged to to talk about um things to reduce stigma so allow us to um tell stories about our own pro, about our own lives yep. that help might help someone else yep. and uh and that's what i've been doing more often so um i guess one one thing that i've realized in my life that uh uh when i was younger i um i smoked some marijuana um and in different periods of uh of that time in my life, I've, I basically, uh, a small amount of um, marijuana uh, will spiral me down into into depression and suicidal thoughts very, very quickly. Okay. Um, I don't want to test it again, <laughs> thanks no. very much. No. Uh, but um, that's where I found myself um, when I was in Year 10. Um, that's where I found myself uh, in first year uh, when we were at uh, Avondale University together and, uh, and when that was in nine eighty eight for me. And then again in 1991, um, uh, went one year left and were in the big bad world, and I was still uh, studying. But for me, um, I guess in 1991, I um, the only thing I got out of uh, first semester of 1991 was a little indoor cricket trophy. It's worth thousands of dollars to me because I got I failed every subject in that semester. Um, and uh, by the way, you're uh, not the
1: only person to ever go through and fail every subject first semester.
6: I've got some records though. Oh, um, okay. I failed uh, six subjects in one semester. That's a, I think that's a record that no one's beaten. And uh, altogether, I failed twelve subjects and still graduated. So that's that's a, that's a lot of money. But uh,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, it's proof <laughs> um, proof of God's mercy too.
6: It also is. And yeah. I was just saying, you know, you guys are talking about your road cut off and then yeah. having to go to detour. Yeah. Well. I think lives can go on detours as well, but God can use you on a detour just as well as on a on an optimum road.
1: That might be a yeah. freeway. So you're in the mar- you're starting to smoke marijuana. You, yeah. What happens?
6: Um, I uh, I stopped doing any sort of work uh, that related to a uh, study, which doesn't help. And um, you know, you have to do essays to to attend uh, exams. Yep. And uh, I hadn't done any of those, and um, I was sitting. Um, uh in a in a shower, uh, with a hot hot water running down me. Three o'clock in the morning and uh I had a knife to my um to my wrist to slip my wrists and uh and bleed out and I heard a voice say, Simon, what are you doing? And uh if you know those sort of showers that have the doors that don't quite reach the floor, I leant down and uh trying to see who it was that was in this shower block at three o'clock in the morning and um there was no one there. And I sort of Oh, I must be dreaming. And then I heard another another time, Simon, what are you doing? I have great plans for you. And I thought to myself, well, uh, that may or may not. Um, but for me, uh, I felt that that was the voice of God that, that spoke, spoke to me at that time. So I got out of the shower, um, dried myself off and uh, went to sleep with an absolute sense of peace. Um, knowing that I was still failing the subjects, yeah. but I had a sense of peace. So the next day I went into Newcastle. I uh, went to the beach, uh, got some chips, came back, and I went to uh, a worship. That was a a, um, a worship time. And at, at that point, that was a, a, an optional worship on a Thursday night. And um, so this, a is a, of mine this is
1: a worship. Kind of like singing and a, and a bit of Bible sort of preaching, where the entire student body has the option yep. to come to.
6: Yep, that's yep. right. Yep. And uh, you hear messages from um, uh, different people. Yep. And uh, everyone sort of filed out of that, and I was sort of sitting there, pretty, pretty, um, you know, waiting for God to to still answer me uh, and and sort of back this statement up. That you know, where's my life going? Because I knew I had to leave yeah. uh, college, and a friend came up to me, and she said, um, "Simon, can I pray with you?" And I think that's one of the most powerful sentences you can ever say to someone. Yeah. And for me, that changed my life there. And um, after a couple of hours of me explaining where I was at, um, lots of tears, I gave my heart to God again. I mean, I grew up in in a church uh, yep. setting, yep. Um, always been uh, part of um, uh, a church. Uh, but that night, my heart broke and uh, I gave my life to God. Um, by the time we finished, it's about 10 o'clock at night, and I say that because the next day, I was supposed to be in an education exam, and uh, I at nine thirty, my lecturer came up to my room, which is quite unusual. So you 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 don't go to the exam,
1: is that what you say? No, I didn't go to the
6: exam because I hadn't finished the essay.
1: So your lecturer comes up to your dorm room. Cause yeah, you, you are actually living on in dorms. On, yeah, at the in dorms. like Yeah, my
6: friend, my friend said, look, uh, they said they did a roll call and said, oh, where's Simon? And one of my friends said, oh, he's has been down and he's uh, in his room. And my lecturer sort of left the exam um, in in charge of the supervisor and came up to my room. And uh, he had the answer that God gave me. He he was was a a
1: great man too, this guy.
6: Yeah, Cedric. He passed away last year. Yeah, he loved um, the
1: Lord. And there are a lot of students who have stories like yours where this guy, under the leading of Jesus, came in and changed people's lives. Absolutely. And
6: he certainly changed me. And I've told him a number of times that he changed my life. I don't know whether Um, you know
1: my mate Dwayne.
6: Remember (laughs) Dwayne? right.
1: He had a big impact on his life too. Very similar power stuff like he. I I just think this man is of God, and I I don't think we should underestimate the Holy Spirit using people to help others when they're in trouble.
6: Yeah. So you're sitting in your
1: dorm room. You should be in your exams. You're not in your exams. This guy comes up. What happens?
6: Well, um, he handed me a a a typed out um, old newsletter uh, from a lady who needed a. a science maths teacher uh, to teach at a refugee school in Thailand, and um, the the good thing was that uh, this man Cedric never told uh, Helen that uh, I was uh, a suicidal failure. and uh, he said, "Look, I've got a I've got a job for you um, for the next couple of years," and uh, and that was less than twelve hours after I sort of said to God, "Okay, you need." You need to give me something I can do with my life.
1: Yeah. Uh, after I handed my life over to him, that's a beautiful yeah. thing when God does something like that for yeah.
6: you. Yeah. So that was on. that was on the Friday. I, I deregistered from college. I packed my room up. I left. And you know, a lot of us wear masks. And um, the, the the issue that I had, I was wearing a mask because I was very energetic. I was part of the social group, and we were fundraising to be part of a mission trip to go to Fiji to help paint and repair a primary school. Yep. So I flew out to Fiji on the Sunday. Um, I was going to do some uh, prac teaching out at, at uh, in Fiji because always I, I was interested in mission service, and uh, I got a fax back in the day. Uh, fax, you know, you'll have to explain to listeners, some listeners, uh, what a fax is.
2: But um, I reckon most of a, our listeners probably a, know. It's it? a text message on a piece of paper. <laughs> <Yeah>.
6: <laughs> that's right. That scrolls out going. um And and Helen had said. We need you straight away. Come and uh, come to Thailand. So I flew back to Australia on a Tuesday and um, I had spent all my money um, to go to Fiji, uh, flying out there and, and the mission trip out there. I had no money left. I got a train. Um, and for some people, they wouldn't know what a train is uh, that goes from Sydney up to the north coast of New South Wales. Um, but uh, those were the days that you get a fairly cheap trip and um, – I arrived home um, and I told my parents that I'd failed all my subjects. They were not happy. No. Uh, and I also told them that I had—I was thinking about a job in Thailand teaching in the jungles of Thailand in a refugee school. I don't know. You know one of those jokes that um, people say about all these bad things happening and then they give you one good thing? Yeah. Yep. I think they, um, they were expecting that. But they said, um, how are you going to get there? And I said, I don't know. I've got no money left. Well, they said, "Well, look, have this envelope from this lady at um, at church that gave us this envelope. We haven't opened it. How about you have a look in that?"
1: Okay, now this so, is this is where we need to listen carefully because this is yeah. where this story gets very, very supernatural.
2: Yeah, this is. I mean, and, it's, uh, it's been huge. And this letter. So hang on. So hang was, on. So before you got home, someone had given the letter to your parents.
6: Yeah. Okay. Just to, just with my name on it, and um, and uh, so I opened it up, and there was a check. Uh, and you'll have to explain to listeners, some listeners what a cheque is too. But um, uh, It's money. Uh, there you go. It's money. It's money. <laughs> it's a promise for money. Yeah. Money. And this lady had written a, a, a cheque out to me and she'd written a note that said, God has told me that you might need this money. Wow. And the date on the cheque was the same date as I was sitting in the shower um, and asking God to, um, to look after me. And uh, I gave my heart to God. Amazing. So... I flew into Australia on a Tuesday, no money, got this cheque, went up to home, and I flew out to Thailand on the Sunday, the following Sunday. Um, not even a week later, uh, I used this money for my ticket to Thailand, and uh, I flew out there with Kelvin Dever, yep. who um, yeah. some of you might know, yeah. and uh, we lived uh, out there, um, Kelvin, for nine months, I think, and I was out there for about 20 months uh, before college, I came back to Was he the time
1: you were? Sorry? Was he there at college with you? So you were two students going out, or yeah,
6: he taught maths and I taught science. Um, out in this, out in the school.
1: You were out there for a year and a half. Yeah. Did you have yep. a good time?
6: I nearly died a couple of times with malaria. Um, I uh, I came back very, very sick. Um, and um, and that led me to to um to my wife now that we've lived, <laughs> you know, married for twenty eight years. She's it's, a nurse. It's
1: a wonderful. You know what? I'm going to ask you something live yeah. on radio, and I'm hoping that you're going to say yes. We've run out of time. Yeah, I we, understand. We've run out of time because Hunty, I'm blaming <laughs> it. <laughs> No, it's not Hunty. We just run out of time all the time. I, there's a couple of stories more I want to hear. Yeah. And I want our listeners to hear. Would you be willing to come back next week and share yeah, that? that'd be
6: fine. No problem at all. Fantastic. So,
1: you will get in contact with you. I will. Yeah. The thing is, when you're at your darkest time, yeah, Jesus came to you. Yeah, if you're out there and you're feeling like Simon was, mm. you can go to Jesus and he will help. But
2: alternatively, be, but should, well, yeah. not alternative, no, no, never not alternative, alternative. but yeah, but you should never never go through it alone. Yeah, there is yeah. there mm. is help out there, and perhaps hunting. Yeah, I'd universe. like to encourage any of the listeners who who might be quite sad and depressed today, if you need to reach out to someone in Lifeline on 13, 11, 14, have a 24-7 crisis service. So to any of the listeners who this story has hit hard, please feel free to call Lifeline on 13, 11, 14, but better still, get close to Jesus.
1: Do both. Do both. I mean, the thing about your story that amazed me, Simon, you weren't even looking for Jesus, mate.
6: Yeah, well, I'll have to talk to you about that next week. I sort I mm. of was, and I sort of wasn't, yeah.
1: Okay, All right. next week. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you us. so much, Simon. Thank you for your time. It's amazing no, thank these guys you go to college with you don't know their backstory. That's right. I never knew any of this was happening to you or in yeah. college. Well, I
6: told this story to my sister only a few years ago, and she came up to me and punched me in the arm and said, if you had done something like that, it would have wrecked my life too. Yeah. Um yeah. she didn't know at true, the time and, and didn't know for like twenty five years And that's
1: how depression works sometimes. We look I look at you, I'm 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 on the first floor, you're on the third floor, I think. Yeah. But in the, in the dorms. We we saw yeah. plenty of each other. We all because it's a pretty closed environment. We all see each yeah. other there. None of us would ever have guessed that you were going through this. But Jesus knew. Yeah. And yeah. he came after you. And it's a beautiful story. Very strong story, mate. God bless you, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Cheers, Thank you, guys. See ya.
0: Take care. Bye. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: That was some story. Wow. It's just. it's, It's spectacular, and the supernatural aspect of it where God steps in. And he know. I mean, he's got another two stories next week, mm. which are just as powerful mm. of God stepping in and saving his life. It's absolutely amazing. What amazes me too, in that, and that, and surprises me, and and sobers me a bit, is the play, is the part marijuana drugs had mm. in taking him into depression.
2: Yeah, well, some people, it's it's a, a wicked taskmaster that'll grab you really quickly. <laughs> there, are, there are some drugs you can take one hit and you're addicted, but marijuana. For some people, it's one hit and it's, you're smashed. It's insidious. Mm.
1: It's mm. insidious. They're not good for you. Mm. Uh, if you. If you're into marijuana, if you're smoking that stuff, go get some help too. Yep. Uh, this song, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. I think Dolly Parton can get pretty high too. Oh, good. And this is what saved. This is what saved Simon. It's love. Yep. And it's the love of Jesus Christ. And this is what they're singing about here. Love lifted me.
5: Did you notice anything unusual?
4: There? Yeah, I did. I noticed this empty stool sitting here. you have any idea
1: what that means?
4: Well, maybe I do, but i just sort of like to hear you say it.
6: That I means that I want you to sing a song. Oh,
4: well, I tell you, I'll pick one with I you. I bet that's a You surprising. sing it, all right? Richard, hand me my guitar, okay? Get your guitar. All right. You get into it.
1: I'm writing myself a simple song the whole world to sing along. I'll call it a love song
4: for you. Who knows I'm liable to take a song from the Bible. And then when
1: Jesus lifts us, and it does make a difference. And that guy wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for Jesus calling him on that night. One more time,
2: though, Hunty, if someone's mm. is struggling yeah, exactly. and they need help. Look, and uh, um, They have trained experts online at Lifeline. If if you've been impacted with serious negative thoughts during our program, please get close to Jesus, but also call Lifeline on 13 11 14. It's a 24-hour crisis support service.
1: Jesus will come if you call him. For sure. But, you know, he has put people on this earth to help us too. I know some I've I've, I've gone through depression, Hunty. Yes. I know what it's like. I've, I've seen you. And I think yeah. um, in our lowest moments to have people. Well, Hunty has seen me. I mean, I remember, mate, one day um, we were in the United States filming. We were in Los
2: Angeles. What beach were we at? Yeah, Venice was it, Beach. Was it Venice? Oh, actually. Yeah, I reckon it was. Might have been Santa Monica under the pier. It was under the pier. Santa Monica.
1: And and you and Erica, that was the girl with us, great team member we had with us. We were filming this series and we are in Santa Monica. I think we'd been up at
2: the skate park at Venice Beach, hadn't we? We had been filming, filming that morning.
1: Um, and it wasn't far out, out of my marriage breakup and I went and sat down underneath the pier. And, I, and I'm not someone who cries and I just wept. Yeah. And I'll never forget Hunty. I remember. You and Erica coming. it makes me teary now. And you sat next to me and you put your arms around me. I just cried. Yeah. And it was so – I had Jesus that whole time. Yeah. And Jesus – make no mistake. I, 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 my testimony, Jesus was number one and instrumental of me coming out of that time of depression. Totally. But he used you and Erica and others – around me to help and that's what lifeline is it's those others so mm. i'm not saying yeah. they have all the answers but uh to, to have jesus and them batten for you it really does help the other mm. thing you can do is, is is get some help from the church often they they will help out if you ring your local pastor and more than he, happy he, to help he'll head you in the right won't yep. necessarily be your counselor but yep. he'll certainly listen to you certainly and pray and, with you pray with you and, and head you in the right direction
2: towards counseling absolutely um, Hunty, I just want to do a little Bible study. Yep, yeah, we don't even have enough time for our last song. We've, we've got two and a half minutes left. Did you just change the time? No, it's been ticking down since we started.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, okay. Okay.
2: There is no, there
1: is no time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's, let's play Evie and let's,
2: let's, 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 uh, Let's put a little bit of Evie. Yeah, a little
1: bit of Evie, and then we'll
2: finish. (laughs) All righty. dear. Enjoy. Here's Here's a little bit of Evie. to that oh. song. Well, maybe I'm, I'll play the rest of it next week.
1: I am. I'm bringing that song back next <laughs> week. That's my fault, listeners. I got. I was having. I was so into that interview. Yeah, it was great. I just mm. lost sense of the time. Look, we're not professional radio operators, announcers here. No, we're TV uh, media boys. We That's don't it. do this stuff too often. But we're glad you joined us today. Very we glad. hope and pray God bless you. I'm just going to pray a short prayer. Lord, thank you for being with us today. Great stories, beautiful music. I hope and pray, Lord, through the Holy Spirit that. People have seen you, Jesus, how wonderful you are and that you truly are the answer to everything. Bless every listener now who's listening online or on radio, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm the Aussie pastor. My name's <laughs> Hunty. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm the Aussie pastor. I'm so glad you joined yes, us. Yes, very glad. And we love you. We do, but God loves you so, so much, much more. See you, see you next time. time.
0: Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv.